multitask over here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Keith Battle Podcast. I'm your host, Asha Battle. And I am filling in for Pastor Keith Battle, who is currently out due to hemorrhaging in his vocal cord. Yes, we want to keep him lifted in prayer. He is not allowed to talk or use his voice at all for the next couple of weeks. And I know it's killing him not to be able to talk because that's what he does for a living. It's his livelihood and he loves to talk. So it feels weird in here without him. I don't know what to do with myself. Okay, let's let's get into this. Um, he still wanted to bring you all co- quality content. So today's podcast is called Effective Love. And as you all or most of you all know, the Effective Love Marriage Workshop is coming up sooner than you think. Wednesday, July 10th, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. And Saturday, July 13th, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. It's going to be amazing. He's been working so diligently on getting you all um all the necessary tools to make your marriages thrive. And I'm so excited to see how God moves in that workshop. I know it's going to be excellent. Bring your tissues because there are going to be some um, interactive assignments that he's going to have you all doing. And I get to see what goes on behind the scenes and trust me you're going to want to be there so for all my podcast listeners i have a special discount code for you all the price now is 80 dollars for the workshop but you all get 10 dollars off with the code love 13 that's l-o-v-e-1-3 all lowercase so i'm going to put the link in the bio in the description for you to purchase your tickets and just put in that discount code and you'll get $10 off. Um, Thank you all for listening. Um, I'm just really excited about today's podcast entitled Effective Love. I feel like it's going to be very beneficial to both singles and married couples. So let's get right into it. Well, today we're starting our new six-part series entitled Effective Love. And the inspiration behind this series comes from a book written by Gary Chapman called The Five Love Languages. And basically what Chapman does in this book is he says that generally speaking, we all receive love in one of five ways. One of the ways is through words of affirmation. For some people, they they really feel love when they get verbal applause or they get written uh, approval or some way of affirming them. Uh, that's the, their, their primary love language. And for some people, they receive love through quality time. For that person, just being with their spouse, anytime, any place, anywhere, doing anything, just being together. In fact, that person spells love, T-I-M-E, time. Another person, their primary love language uh, could be uh, 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 acts of service. For that person whose primary love language is acts of service is when 
Uh, they, they, they feel love when somebody, you know, helps them with chores around the house, helps them with the dishes, runs errands for them, um, you know, fills their gas tank up and, uh, or, you know, cleans their car for them. Those kinds of things makes that person feel love. Another person receives love primarily through receiving gifts. Whether they're inexpensive or expensive gifts is not really the major thing, but when somebody takes the time to, to give them a card or a gift or something sincerely, they feel loved by that. And then, fifthly and finally, he talks about the, the love language of affection or physical touch. Uh, this person feels loved by caressing and touching and physical intimacy and sexual intimacy. And so, uh, these are the five love languages. And what, what, small, what Gary Chapman says is, is that each one of us feels love more in one of those ways than the others. And that becomes our, what he calls our primary love language. Or, uh, you know, and, so, and so the key is in being in a love relationship where you're feeling loved in that relationship is when uh, the person you're in a relationship with loves you the way you feel loved the most on a regular basis. And so uh, he says when that happens, whenever a person's in a marriage relationship and they're being loved... Uh, regularly and consistently according to their primary love needs, they will have what, is, what he calls a full uh, emotional love tank, which is why this big gas tank is up here, because this is going to be our prop for the series as a reminder to everyone who's married that our goal in marriage should be to fill our spouse's emotional love tank. That when you're loving your spouse the way you should, the way they need to be loved, it's as if their soul walks up to a filling station. That's what they used to call it. How many of y'all remember they used to call it the filling station? It's as if your soul walks up to a filling station to be filled by your spouse when they're loving you the right way. And understand that all, just like, here's the deal, just like all cars don't take the same gas, some require a different level of octane. Some require uh, diesel fuel. Just like all cars don't take the same gas, all people don't receive love the same way. And so the reason why I'm calling this series Effective Love is because that's what I call it when you love a person the way they need to be loved and the way they feel loved the most. That's effective love. And what we have in far too many marriages, and the reason why this series is so important, is, is we have what I would call ineffective love. A lot of marriages are in trouble, not because there's no love in the marriage. If you really get the two people alone, you'll find out that they really love each other. They just don't know how to love each other effectively. So there's love in the marriage, but it's ineffective love. And what we have a tendency of doing is we tend to love people the way we want to be loved. The problem with that is if I love my wife the way I want to be loved, and that's not her primary love language, it'll feel like love to me, but it won't feel like love to her. And when you're being loved ineffectively, it doesn't feel like love at all. It feels like you're unloved. And so it is critical to learn the primary love language of your spouse, and I'll talk to singles in a moment, and to speak it on a regular basis. And I'll come back to that momentarily. But just like languages in the world of linguistics, we have languages in the world of love. In the linguistical world, you have, you know, there's not just English. You have German, you have Spanish, you have French, you have Japanese, you have a, a myriad of, of languages. And it, let's just say, you know, every one of us speaks whatever language primarily that we grew up in the context and culture where that language dominated that culture and context. We, we, we learn what we hear over and over again. And so if you've spent most of your life, most of the people listening to this message, 
uh, speak English. That's your native tongue because you spoke it and you've been speaking it for decades. And so just imagine if all you've ever spoken in your life was English, primary language was English, every day you speak English, you have to understand that uh, if you meet somebody and their primary love language, say, is Japanese, and that's all they've ever spoken all their life is Japanese. When you're in relationship with that person, the challenge is now you may have difficulty communicating with each other because all this person speaks is Japanese and all you speak is English. So now you got to point and you got to draw pictures and you got to do body gestures and, you know, act things out because communication becomes difficult. But it's not impossible if you're willing to learn each other's language. And if you speak it regularly enough, you can become more comfortable over time. It'll never be your primary language. It'll be your secondary language. But you can get comfortable over time if you keep speaking it. Well, the same as it is true in the linguistical world, it's true in the love world, too. We all have a primary love language, a native love language. Ever since you were little, you felt love when people applauded you and praised you. That's your love language. You love being here, told you did a good job. That's your love language. Ever since you were little, you felt love when people spent time with you. And you felt unloved when people left you, didn't spend time with you. Ever since you were little, you felt love when people did acts of service for you and helped you out with your projects and picked up things. By You felt love that way. Ever since you were small, you felt love when people hugged you and embraced Embrace you. That's why you're the huggy type and all of that. And so what happens is that's your native tongue. And so let me say this to singles while every single person here needs to not check out and say, well, this is not for me because I know everybody has, is in a different place in their relationship world. You know, some people are married. Some people are unmarried. Some people are single. Some people are just through with relationships. It's through with. In fact, you got on your mind. You said, you know what? I ain't coming back to Zion Church till this series is over. But I'm going to tell you why you need to stay. This is why you need to be here for this series, even if you're single. If you're a single person, this series will help you with amazing self-discovery. It'll help you further identify how God has uniquely wired you to receive and embrace love. And that's critical for you if you're going to be in a relationship long-term in the future anyway, because you need to be empowered to teach people how to treat you. You need to understand yourself enough so that, let's say your love language, you're, 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 a young, you're a lady and your love language, say, is words of affirmation. That's your love language. You need to be told uh, you look beautiful and you did a great job and you're so smart and I so appreciate the work you do. And, uh, and you, that's your love language. And you tell this guy that you're in a relationship with, that you're thinking about marrying, that, you know, that's my love language. That's how I feel love. I need to hear those words all the time. And he says to you in response, he says, look, I, I love you. I love you, I, I love you, but I ain't the mushy type. I ain't, you know, I ain't a little, I, I don't talk, I show my actions. I work by actions. Like, I'll buy your car, or, you know, I'll pay your, you know, car note, I'll pay for the bills, I'll help out with the laundry, you know, I'll do that kind of stuff. I love you, but, you know, I ain't the note writing type. I'm just, you know, I ain't never been like that. I ain't, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, I believe you got to say it. Word, actions speak louder than words. And so you hear this, right? That, that's a light that should come on for you because you got to decide right then. Because I'm telling you, if he doesn't change, you will be miserable the rest of your life. Because you don't feel love just because he pays your car note. You feel love because he opens up his mouth or takes a pen and paper and tells you that he appreciates you. That's how you feel love. Now, it's one, see, see, in order to have a healthy relationship, you both don't have to have the same love language. And most people don't who get in a relationship. They don't have the same. But, each per, but the person has to be willing to learn it. 
So he has to be willing to say, you know what, that's not my primary, you know, I'm not the mushy type, but you know what, I can learn. I'm not a talkative person. I don't usually say I love you a lot, but I can learn that. I don't usually write a lot of notes, but if that's how you receive love, I'll learn how to do it until I get adapted at it, until I get good at it. Well, you can work with that. But if you're in a relationship, the same is true with a guy. If you're a guy and you're saying to a young lady, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm a guy, I'm, I like, I, you know, physical intimacy is my love language, uh, affection, that's my love language. And she comes back to you and say, you know what, you know, I ain't the affectionate type. You know, they call me Ice Cold. That's my nickname, Ice Cold. <laughs> I'll help you out. I'll, I'll iron your shirts. I'll, you know, I'll, I'm here for you. I'll cook. I'll do all that. But, you know, don't be all up on me and hugging up on me and stuff. I don't like that. I like my own space in the bed. Don't be trying to snuggle up with me. I'm trying to sleep. I don't like you being all over me. I like, I'll be on the couch. I want to watch TV. By my, I don't want you all on me when we watch TV. And she say that kind of stuff. Here's what you have to understand, brother. If she's not willing to say to you, you know what, I'm not affectionate, but I'll learn that for you. I'll learn how to be more touchy. I'll learn how to be more affectionate. I'll learn how to open up. I'll learn that language because that's the language that fills your love tank. I'll learn that. If she's not willing to say that, you got to understand. This is what you have to understand. All married people were single at one time. And the better you prepare as a single person, the better off you're going to be in a marriage. And you got to make a decision, brother. Is she really worth spending the rest of your life with? Then more than likely you're going to be miserable when she's not willing to change and to get better and to learn your, learn your love language. Because I'm telling you, most marriages are struggling right now. Not because there's no love in the marriage. It's because it's ineffective love in the marriage. So we keep trying to love people the way we want to love them. For example, let's talk about married people for a minute. Here's a, here's a husband. And your husband, and your love language is quality time. You like spending time with your spouse. And so, and so you come, and you, but your wife's love language is word of, words of affirmation. And so you decide, I'm going to show my wife some love tonight. I'm going to show her. And so you go to her and you say, honey bunch, <laughs> baby, we're we going we gonna to have a, t- I, I'm going to show you love tonight. We're going to spend some quality time together tonight. And this is what we're going to do, babe. I'm going to get some hoagies. We're going to get some hoagies. And we're going to get meat lovers pizza. And I'm going to get a couple of them big two-liter bottles and Mountain Dew and some uh, Dr. Pepper. And, and then we're going to watch the rodeo together. That's what we're going to do. We're going to watch the rodeo. And, baby, hold your seat. Hold your seat. I know, I know you love it. Um, and then at the rodeo, here's what we're going to do at the rodeo. You and I, I'm going to take you with me, and you, me, and the guys, Tex, Bob, Billy, Joe, and Gus, and we're going to the race car track. That's what we're going to do, and we're going to watch some big truck racing. Isn't that wonderful? And that's not even it. It's the grand finale. Here it is. The grand finale is going to be you and I are going to Hooters. That's what we're going to do, and we're going to throw back a couple of brewskis and bring the night in. How's that, Sugar Plum? Now, sir, I know you got excited just thinking about that night. But to her, that does not feel like love. You can spend an entire night with your wife. If she doesn't hear you praise her during that night, she will not feel love because you spend so much time with her. That's not, and it doesn't mean you don't love her. It just means you're not loving her effectively. Same is true with you, ladies. Let's say you're, you're a lady, you're, you're married, you're a wife, and your love language is acts of service. You feel, you, you get an orgasm if your husband cleans the kitchen. You'd be like, mm, mm, clean it, Rollo. Clean that, ki- oh, clean that kitchen. You're going to make me, 
you're going to make me right here with the detergent. So that's your love language. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go that far. I'm your love language is acts of service, but his love language is physical intimacy and sex. That's his love language. That's, at the end of the day, most fellas, that's, we ain't really complicated. We'd rather have sex than to eat, you know what I'm saying? And I ain't hungry, but I am. Now I don't want to go to movies, but I do. After the movies. So, so, and here's the thing, I'm going to come back to that in a second. Don't condemn somebody because that's their love language. You know, not only we try to love people the way we want to be loved, but on top of that, we keep trying to change the way the person needs to receive love. Like, why that's a, you know, ladies know, know their man, you know, he's physical intimacy and touch, and you're like, why that's all you ever want to do? That's all you ever want. Why is that the case? You're like, I don't know what I was, I, I didn't, this, we didn't choose this, this is just how it is. Why do you always want to spend time together? <laughs> See, you can't, you can't condemn somebody for the way they receive love the most. Just fill the daggone tank up. That's your job. Know your spouse's love language and meet that need on a regular basis and do it in a loving way. And I'll come to that in a second. But let's say you're a wife and your love language is uh, acts of service, but your husband's love language is physical uh, intimacy, physical touch, sex. And so you decide, you know what, I'm going to prove my love for him today. Improve my love. So you call your husband at work, and you dial him up at work, and, and you, you're already home, and you call him, and you say, Edgar, I got a surprise for you when you get home. Let me tell you something. He may not make it. He may kill himself driving. I mean, he, he going to get a ticket. He going to get reckless drive. He's going to leave work early. He will go to his boss and lie and say, I've just taken ill. And I, I need to leave immediately. Because what you just said only brought one thing to his mind. Oh, the sexual fantasies he's having on the way home are enough to give him a heart attack. I mean, just the stuff he's thinking while he's driving. So, so now he gets home. And he comes in, and he, I'm telling you, he is expecting something real sexy to pop off in that house. And so here you come to greet him, not with Victoria's Secret on, but with some overalls on and a toolbox. <laughs> and that throws him off for a moment. <laughs> like, toolbox? Then he thinks to himself, Mm, all right now, role play. <laughs> you mechanic lady, work it, girl. Work it. Work, work it. Because he remembers the call. He don't care what the outfit is. He said, we can do this. It's, 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 that's over the top, but shoot. Then you say to him with all the love you can muster, you know, Edgar, I've been reading for the last two weeks, I wanted to surprise you. I've been reading this book called Car Maintenance Made Simple. And I've been, and I overheard you complaining, saying you needed brake pads on your pickup. And, and, and you also would do an oil change. And I've been reading up on it. And so, I almost can't even say, I just want to surprise you. And so, I'm going to give it a whirl myself. So, give me those keys, big guy, and watch me work. I want to say something. You may have 100%, you may be 100% sincere, lady, 
but he is not going to feel love because you changed the oil in his car. He's not going to feel that. It, it, because it's not that you don't love him, you don't love him effectively. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, those are funny examples, but trust me, in a lot of marriages, it ain't even funny. Because if you keep getting loved ineffectively, you will feel unloved. And that's why so many marriages are ending. Let me tell you something. Here are the facts. 50% of marriages end in divorce. And then the other half of the people who stay together, half of them are unsatisfied and unhappy. So now that leaves 25% of people, one in four marriage is, one out of every four marriages is really content. No wonder most marriages end in seven years, within seven years. If you've been married over seven years, you're in rare company. And so the reason why a lot of people are bailing out of marriage is because even though child custody battles and separation and divorce is just as messy and painful as sometimes staying in the marriage, but some people are jumping out of the marriage because they, here's the thing. We all have, as human beings, an emotional need for love. And we expect marriage to be the context in which that love need is met. And when that love need is not met in marriage, we feel unloved by the person we want to be loved by. But understand, it's not because they don't love us. Sometimes it's just they don't know how to love us. But, and so here's the solution. And because tension and frustration and isolation, then we start feeling regret and all kinds of emotional negativity. I married the wrong person. And all that stuff starts happening. And so here's the solution. Here is the solution. Here's why you came today. Here is the big idea for this whole series. Here it is. Effective love is knowing your spouse's primary love language and speaking it lovingly and regularly. Speaking it lovingly and consistently. That is effective love. When you know your spouse's primary love language. And you don't just know it, but you demonstrate it. You speak it. Lovingly and consistently. It's not enough to be sincere. It's not enough to have the right motivation. You have got to know what, to, what, what makes your, your spouse feel loved the most, and then you've got to meet that love need regularly and lovingly. And all of those words are important. You can't just be, you know, every now and then. You've got to be consistent. Cars run out of gas. People feel empty. Let me tell you something. If you load up a person's love tank, emotional love tank, they won't be looking over the fence wondering if the grass is greener on the other side. They won't have to go outside of their marriage when they're love. If my love tank is full, I don't have to worry about anything else. When your love tank is full, you can focus on your career. You can focus on your ministry. You can focus on raising your children or whatever else is going on in your life because your emotional love tank is full. Many people go out and look for other relationships because they are emotionally empty within the context of their marriage. Not because your spouse doesn't love you. Your spouse just doesn't know how to love you. But in this series, you'll learn how exactly how your spouse needs to be loved. You've got to be an expert on your spouse, not just on yourself. If you're single, you need to be expert on yourself so that you can know what kind of spouse you need to have. So let me say it again. Effective love is knowing your spouse's primary love language and speaking it lovingly and consistently. you got to do it consistently. And you got to do it lovingly. You can't just do it like, you know, the only reason I'm doing it is because you're going to be mad if I don't. But that don't feel like love. And when people don't feel love, they feel unloved. And so this is critical. Now, somebody, you know, the reason why I say as a, as, as, as a married person, you got to focus on, you know, somebody might say, well, you know what? Well, my spouse ain't here today. And if my spouse would do their part, we, we could do, we, it only take two. 
It takes two to make a thing go right. It takes two to make it out of sight. I gotta, now I got to wait till that finishes. <laughs> I hear the whole thing. Ah! Oh! In this series, you have one responsibility. Be better at your role. Period. You let God take care of your spouse. Because one thing's for sure, if you do what we're teaching in this series if it's consistently for about a year or two, your spouse, first of all, is going to go into shock, first of all. They're going to wonder, if I'm about to die. But then you'll earn the right because of the law of the, law of the harvest. If you, whatever you sow, that's what you also reap. You learn how to love your spouse the way they need to be loved and do it lovingly and consistently. The best example of a, an effective love relationship in the Bible that I see is in uh, Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 4, or Song of Songs. Some, trans, some translations call it Song of Songs. But if you have a Bible, you can turn there. Song of Solomon, Song of Songs, chapter 4. I'm just going to look at two verses in that chapter really briefly. Now, you know, um, I'm not going to exhaust this passage. Um, I did an entire series, verse by verse, on this on this uh, book of Song of Solomon in a series a few years ago called The Love Chronicles. If you want to get that, you can order in our bookstore. Um, but here, listen to this. Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 9, says this. New Living Translation. You have captured my heart. This is what Solomon is saying this to his wife. He says, you've captured my heart, my treasure, my bride. You know what he's saying there? You have pushed all the right buttons. You've captured my heart. You've captured it. You know how to love me effectively. You have captured my heart. In other, that's intimacy. You know how to into me see. You see into me and you know exactly how I need to be loved the most. And you do it regularly and consistently. I know that because look at verse 10. Your love delights me. Your love delights me. There is a love that will delight you. The kind of love that you've been wired to receive over and over again. And, we, and what we're going to do in this series, and let me just say this. I'm going to pause right here for a second. Let me put out a disclaimer. I am not an expert on marriage, and I am not a perfect husband. I am as, pers- I am as relationally dysfunctional as anybody listening to me right now. As a matter of fact, let me just put, up, put it out there. I am blessed to be married to Vicki Battle, and she really deserves better. But I thank God that she, her relationship with God has developed her to the place where she loves me and she's patient with me. And I'm grateful for that because she really, you know. So, so let me set the record straight. I'm not preaching this because I've arrived or because I'm qualified. I'm preaching it because I'm the daggone pastor and somebody's got to do it. So <laughs> we, we just going through this together. So just know that if there's ever a journey we took in a series together, we're taking this one together. And what we're going to do in this series, over the next five weeks, next five weeks, we're going to touch on every one of those love languages one week at a time so that you can see which one ideally is you. And, 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 but let me go back to this. Let me go back to this verse for a second. He says, verse 10, your love delights me. Your love is better than wine. You know what Solomon is saying to his wife? You fill my love tank. You, you, you love me the way I need to be loved. And I believe every single marriage can get to a place where you can say to your spouse, you know what, you pour love into me. 
You, you love me the way I need to be loved. Stop trying to change your spouse. You change and love them the way they need to be loved. Instead of loving them the way they need to be loved, we want to change them. And changing a person, according to Kevin Lehman, is like trying to take spots off of a leopard. You can go try, grab a leopard, and if you, if you muzzle that leopard, you can scrape and scar that leopard's skin and, and, and take a Brillo pad and, rub, and, and rub, try to rub those spots off. But I'm telling you, no matter how much you scrub, those spots will re resurface. All you're doing is irritating the leopard. All we do when we keep trying to change our spouse is irritate them. This is, your spouse needs to be able to say, this is who I am. This is how I feel loved. Will you love me the way I need to be loved? That's your only job. Find out how they get to be loved, how they need to be loved, and love them like that lovingly and consistently. That's how you do it. See, this is, this is bigger than being in love and falling in love. The reason, you know, if you come to this experience, this Zion Church experience in person, you're going to hear every week a love song. Um, and the love song is in conjunction with the message. For example, um, today uh, they knew I was going to talk a minute about falling in love, and so they did that classic song by uh, Nat King Cole, When I Fall in Love. I thought Renee did an excellent job with that song. And you know what? Don't be emailing me talking about why we got to sing secular music in the church. Let me tell you something. If y'all ain't going to email me about something positive, you, have, you don't have permission to email me. You don't. I'm going to change my email address. Some of y'all, y'all just wait for something to happen. Oh, then what? <laughs> I can speak for 40 minutes and in 13 seconds say something wrong. Get a two-page email. What about the other 39 minutes? <laughs> the reason why I wanted to sing that song, When I Fall in Love, if you don't want to hear the song, don't come. You know, I'm just, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Oh, you can't please everybody. You're going to be successful. I'm, somebody once said, I, I don't know what the key to success is, but I know the key to failure is trying to please everybody. I know that. So, so When I Fall in Love was an important song today because you need to know the, the, the dynamics of the phenomenon. The, the, it's a deceptive phenomenon. It's a deceptive emotional phenomenon to be in an in love, kind of fall in love um, feeling phase in your life. I'm not against falling in love. I think it's a wonderful, good, feely kind of thing. But you need to understand that falling in love is euphoric. It's emotional. Effective love is an act of your will. It's intentional. You need to understand there's a big difference. Effective love is mature, decisive love. Uh, being in love is effortless. It doesn't require anything. You just, everything works. When you're in love, you feel like the person you're in love with is perfect. They can do no wrong. It's just like, it's a, it's, a, it's a wild place to be in because you actually, you can be an adult and start acting like a kid in your mind again. It's like everything, you just want to be around them all the time. You can't, you can't, you can't, you just still smell them, their fragrance when they're not even there. When you see their number on the call ID, you're like, oh, there they, oh, let me get that. <laughs> you just can't wait to talk to them. Then you have these silly conversations. You'd be like, what you doing? <laughs> then like two minutes later, so what you doing now? You watching TV? What channel is that on? I'm going to turn to it, too. Y'all just listen to that? Oh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I can't. Yeah. I just, you don't even know, man. Your, your house is on fire. You're saying, I don't, I don't, yeah. 
Yeah, it's on fire, but I, no, I got a minute. You know. It's just, just, it's just, it's euphoric. Everything, when you hold hands, it's magical. Oh, when I, when we touched hands, we, it was energy. Every date is, every date is just euphoric. It's just perfect, even if it's raining. I remember when we rained, when we put the umbrella up, our hands just came. He just knew where to put his hand. And he didn't let me get wet. My perm, not everything was in time. And we just ran across the room just like this. It's just, I ain't mad at you. All I'm saying is anybody's ever fallen in love, trust me, give it some time and that's going to run out. You're going to find out they stink and they got issues too. And you know what? I don't like his family. And she, you know what? She got a nasty attitude. And what you say is, see, those things that were just little, little annoyances become burdens. You can't stand them after a while. So what I'm saying is, in love is okay, but it, you can't build a marriage on being in love. You got to build a marriage on effective love. Because at the end of the day, what we need more than anything else is not to fall in love. We need somebody that will choose to love us effectively, even if that's not their primary love language, because they choose to do it because they made a decision and an act of their will. See, in love is emotional. Effective love is decisive. It's an act of your will. And so here's the deal. I like what Gary Chapman says. He says, actually, you can't even have this kind of effective love until you're past being in love. That's good news. Because a lot of people that are saying they're having problems in their marriage will tell you in a minute, we ain't in love no more. I'm saying that's good. That's perfect. Now I can work with you. <laughs> now you're out of the clouds. Now you're back on ground. You understand you don't like each other. You understand all that now? Now we can work. Your marriage, if you ain't in love with each other, your marriage is exactly where it needs to be so that you can get to where it needs to go. Because effective love, you can, I, now I'm saying maybe you can still be effective and in love. That's wonderful. That's like a double bonus. But I'm saying don't expect those feelings to always be there. You got to be mature enough. Because what happens when, see, if, when a person is in love with somebody and all those euphoric feelings are gone, what then? Usually what happens to immature, because we're immature relationally, we move on to the next euphoric relationship looking for another in love feeling because we think that's how it's supposed to be when you're with the right person. And so and people will leave their marriages like that. They'll, leave, they'll divorce their spouse because you know what? I ain't in love with them anymore. And here's the problem. It is possible, and I'm not trying to judge anybody if you've done that or you thought about doing it. But here's where we get to grow to, y'all. You can, if, you, if you're euphoric, doing all of the euphoria and emotions of being in love, if you don't learn how to effectively love somebody, then you can, you can find yourself having been immensely in love with somebody, being intensely out of love with them. And the, and, the, and the conclusion is not to move on to find another in love experience, but to grow up and say, how can I effectively love you? And hopefully you will do the same. That's how you build a marriage long term. Okay, just two claps. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so what's the takeaway? Here's our takeaway. Here's our application from today. Today was the introduction. Here's the takeaway. First of all, buy the book. It's the Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Can you put it up on the screen? There it is. Buy the book. Get the book. Purchase it on CD. If you don't read, you'd rather listen to it. Do whatever you got to do. Go to the library if you can't afford the book. Do what you got to do. Get the book. Because we're going to be going over this for the next five weeks. And we'll announce later we're going to have three Tuesday nights where we're going to be talking about it. 
just during this series. So that's nine sessions to talk about this. It would just help if you had the book to go along with it, all right? And it's an investment in your own relationship, whether you're married or it's an investment in your future marriage if you're not married yet. Secondly, here's the second takeaway. Go to www.5thenumber5lovelanguages.com. 5thelovelanguages.com. If you go there, go to personal profile, you can take an assessment. It'll take 10 to 15 minutes to take an assessment. It's 30 questions. And when you take those questions, you answer those questions about yourself, they will send you through email a personal profile of yourself for free about what your primary love language is. That's, that's, that's critical. And if you're married, what you want to do is find out what your spouse's is. Because you need to be an expert at your spouse's way of feeling love, not just your own. If you're single, it's good to know what your own is. So you can take that for free. So do those two things, and we'll be rolling. All right, one more time in conclusion. Here's the, here's, the, here's the big idea. Effective love is knowing your spouse's primary love language and speaking it lovingly and consistently. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this truth. May it be a truth that transforms our lives, not just inspires us, but that it will impact us to the degree that we'll act on it in our lives. Give us better marriages. I pray that you'll do something supernatural in marriages. Restore them, renew them, revive them, rescue marriages. Make them better. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for listening. I hope that that message blessed you in so many ways. If you'd like to download the entire Effective Love series, it's a six-part series, and Pastor Battle touches on every, all five of the love languages, from quality time to physical touch um, to words of affirmation. It's a very, very informative series. And I really strongly suggest that um, you download it and use it to get sharper in the world of relationships. I'm going to put the link to sagacitycompany.com in the description for you. Also, remember to sign up for the Effective Love Workshop using that discount code LOVE13. If you want to see Pastor Battle speak, he has... He's actually booked and busy this summer. He'll be at Macedonia Church of Pittsburgh, Sunday, July 14th. He'll be at the Victory Grace Center Leadership Conference on July 20th. That's a Saturday, and it's being held at the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden's Ministry Center. He will also be in Sacramento on July 21st at the Bayside Church in Midtown, Sacramento. And he will be at the Ubiquitous Women's Expo, August 24th and 25th. He'll be talking about side chickology on a panel. And I'm so excited for that. Um, all these events are on sagacitycompany.com if you need more information. All right. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll catch you next time on the Keith Battle Podcast.